In your Bible, the book of Isaiah, please. Isaiah chapter number 43 today. Isaiah 43. Please, if, um, if you at all possibly can, uh, I would like to encourage you to be here this evening. Very important service. Outline uh, the goals and, and the efforts of next year. Or I guess it's this year, huh? This year. I know if you still write checks, none of you will write 2011 on the next 10. Some of us, and I mean some of you don't write checks any longer. I do. Because you get to keep them longer, you know, they come back and forth, you know. You'll get that after a while. Isaiah 43. Verse 18 and 19, please, for your learning this morning. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will make... I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the deserts. Behold, I will do a new thing. Think about that just a minute. And think about who's doing the speaking. Behold, I will do... A new thing. I wonder if there's anyone here today would like to be obedient to verse 18. Remember not the former things and trust God to do a new thing. How about all of us Having a fresh start. 2011 probably encompassed a few mistakes for some of us. Many mistakes for all of us. 2011 probably had some setbacks. Domestically, occupationally, spiritually, every other way, probably, as the old country boy would say, I hit a bunch of stumps last year. Can anybody identify with that? Was there any failures? The only folks who didn't fail are those who failed to try. There were probably a few heartaches last year. I dealt with some of those with you and for you. Divorces, marriages, (laughs) lost jobs, lost homes, unexpected illnesses. Last year, 
had its failures, its mistakes, its setbacks, its disappointments, and misunderstandings. Did you and your mate have any misunderstandings last year? Say just one. They lasted 365 days. Amen. Uh, Probably, if you are very faithful to church, you probably had some misunderstandings with other people in the church. Now, some of you are not faithful enough to even misunderstand anybody in church. And that's a clear misunderstanding of what God would have you to do to start with. You'll catch that as it comes around the barn the second time. And by the way, I want you to know that these things that I've talked about many times will determine our attitude and actions this next year. Our mistakes, our failures, our misunderstandings, the things that happen to us. These, if we're not very careful, will determine our attitude and actions next year. Many in this place today are enslaved to things that have happened in the past. Your trust is gone. Your confidence is gone. Faith in humanity is gone. Faith in God is dwindling away. All because things that happened in the past. Have you read John 10.10 lately? The Bible says that the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. You know what the devil wanted to do to us last year? Destroy us, kill us, and absolutely involve us in that which is contradictory to what God wants us to do. But the Bible says in the same verse, I, Christ, has come that you might have life and have it more abundant. The devil will do anything in the world to keep us from experiencing the abundant Christian life. And the best way he can do it is to remind us of all of our failures and all of our mistakes and all of our sins and all of our shortcomings and all that happened last year. The best thing the devil can do is to rob you of all the abundant life God would have you to. He'd like to erase your smile. And he's done a good job with most of you. Probably it would do you good if I would spend the first five minutes of every service to teach you how to smile. Hard to look at somebody that's happy and stay unhappy, isn't it? <laughs> Try it. <laughs> it's a physiological fact. It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Some of you folk working too hard. <laughs> you know why you can't smile? You can't forget last year or the year before. Or last week, or the week before, somebody did you in. Somebody cheated you. Somebody, 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 somebody. And those things that the devil keeps reminding you of, keeps you from having a fresh start and a good day and the abundant life that God wants you to have. 
Notice, if you would please, verse 18. Remember ye not the former things. Remember ye not the former things. Well, who's doing the speaking? Jump over to verse chapter 44 and look at verse 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and the last, and besides me there is no God. God is saying to us today, forget about the past. Don't mill it around in your mind. Neither consider the things of old. Behold, I would like to give you a fresh start in this year. I, I believe I could stand a fresh start. I believe I could stand a little, a little joy, a little, uh, excitement, a little, a little reason for going on. Uh, uh, maybe, I, I, I think maybe I could enjoy a little shout every once in a while. Amen. I think maybe I enjoy seeing some church members get whooped up about something besides the Mavericks, the Rangers, and the Cowgirls. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Somebody said, I ain't going to smile. It might make you happy. <laughs> the context in which we're speaking now, Israel is being judged for her dirty, rotten, no good sin. They are... Judged and God has put a curse on them and God is now looking at Israel and saying, I know you're discouraged. I know you're distraught. I know you're in the dumps. I know you're in the drudgeries. I know that. And here's the best way out. Forget all about what happened yesterday and trust me to do a fresh thing today and tomorrow. You think that would work? You think that would work? Well, I want to take the word start, S-T-A-R-T, and I want to build an acrostic around it so that you might remember what it would take for you and I to have a fresh start. S-T-A-R-T. So that means that my message today has five points. S-T-A-R-T. So you will be able to remember that today's message has five points. One, two, three, four, five. So you can look at your watch and see how we're doing because you know how long we got to go. Are you ready to start? Fresh start. Tomorrow, a brand new day. Tomorrow, a brand new opportunity. Tomorrow, get up and say, Good morning, Lord. Instead of good Lord, it's morning. A brand new start. And if you want a brand new, fresh start with life, with Christian life, with abundant life, with eternal life, with life that has purpose, with life that has meaning, with life, if you want to start A fresh and a new. First point is stop making excuses. 
Well, it's somebody else's fault. It is not my fault. God made me ugly. That's the first truth you've had in a long time. Stop making excuses. If you want to start fresh and anew and you want to have God do something fresh and you want God to do a new thing, quit doing the old thing. You know the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over, 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 and over, and over, and expecting something new to happen. That's insanity. You can't kiss a skunk without getting bad breath. (laughs) Stop making excuses. I have absolutely come to the place to believe that I am probably my worst enemy. Stop blaming other people. Most of my problems are my fault. Well, nobody likes you. You probably don't even like yourself. Why should everybody else like you? Is everybody else different from you? The Bible says in Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. You see, I just need to stop looking at every... By the way, have you ever heard this word political correctness? You know political correctness, the basis is none of your problems are your fault. They're either your parents' fault or the environment's fault or education's fault It's got to be somebody else's fault. It could not be my fault that I'm broke. It could not be my fault that my wife won't cook for me. It might not be my fault if I know how to order a number two and supersize the fries. And if I get fat, It will not be my fault. I'm going to sue McDonald's. Amen. And if the coffee's too hot and I spill it in my lap because I hit a bump going down the road while I'm texting on my phone, I will sue McDonald's because it burnt my lap. It's not my fault. Are we having fun? Stop making excuses. If you're broke, get a job. Well, nobody can pay me what I'm worth. No, you can't live 
on what you're worth. Stop making excuses. It wasn't my fault she left. Oh, really? It's not my fault she won't cook. Really? Stop making excuses. I know preachers. Well, I don't know what's wrong with my church. It's not growing. I go home and look in the mirror. I don't know why we don't have enough money in our church to pay the bills. Probably because you're a tightwad and not teaching your folks financial stewardship principles. Stop making excuses. Let me give you this. I want to, three reasons I jotted down for failure. Three reasons for failure. Number one, a lack of preparation for the problems of life. Do you know that life is not a bowl of cherries? I was reading in my Bible recently, and I come upon Proverbs chapter number 22, and I read a verse, and that verse says in verse number three, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Prudent man, a cautious man, a careful man, not a rash man, not a harsh man, a prudent man, the Bible says, Foreseeth the evil. I don't understand why I'm coughing so much. (coughs) I only smoke three packs a day. Boy, I'm sure gaining weight around the midsection. You noticed that lately? No, you're not gaining weight, your liver's swelling. The liver is not made to filter alcohol, and it's called cirrhosis of the liver. A prudent man seeth the evil. (coughs) Uh, Notice I'm coughing a lot. I think I'm going to change brands. (laughs) (laughs) Prudent. You know why most folk fail? Because they do not plan for the issues and situations of life that is there. Secondly, I jotted down Failure to listen to others. 
Proverbs 20 and 18, every purpose is established by counsel. Have a good advice, make war. See, when you're going to get married, ask somebody about it. Then marry anyhow because there's going to be a war. (laughs) Well, I don't need anybody else. How are you going? Well, this is my third marriage. I'm not having a per, I'm not having a very good batting average. Who are you asking for advice? Amen. You see, I just believe God has given us parents, pastors, and spouses to help us a little bit. But then we say with our ego, I don't need no help. You know what ego stands for? Edging God out. Your ego is absolutely directly opposed to God and God's word. And when you have an ego problem, you've got a problem because you've just edged God out of your life. Thirdly, they give up too quickly. That's why people fail. Number one, they don't plan. Number two, they don't listen. And number two, three, they give up too quickly. The Bible said, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Someone said, if you do not first succeed, welcome to the human race. If you at first do not succeed, you're human. Don't mean you got to quit. Don't mean you got to lay down and roll over. Don't mean the first little old boy breaks your heart that you're in love with, that you got to go out and commit homicide. No. Failure. Failure. It's never failure until you have quit. Don't quit. What are you doing? Don't quit. Whatever you failed at last year, Don't quit. Just keep right on going. And here's what you got to do. S, stop making excuses. Would that be good? I said, would that be good? Somebody said, well, I'm out of church because a preacher made me mad last year. Well, really, what were you doing that he said that you ought not be doing? Stop making excuses. S, T. Are you ready? T, take an inventory of your life. You say, now preacher, Galatians 3 and 4. Now listen, have you suffered so much in vain? If yet, if it be yet in vain. What the scripture is saying All those experiences that we've had in these last 72 years, have they taught you anything? Did you learn anything out of all the experiences you confronted last year? Why then would you try to fail again This year, making the same decisions. Isn't that crazy? 
See, I need to evaluate this year, my experiences last year. For instance, there are those physical experiences. Experiences you had with your family. Experiences you had with your friends. Experiences you had with your mate. Did you say anything last year to your mate that you wish you had not said? Did you say anything to anybody last year that it would not have changed one thing if you just kept your mouth shut? Did you speed through Joshua last year? Did you get a ticket last year? Shouldn't you have gotten a ticket last year? Do you always wear your seatbelt? The only reason you do, because that little bell just drives you crazy. Ding, ding, ding. Every time I get in my truck, I think maybe I'm in a forklift backing up. (laughs) Physical experiences. Evaluate. Take an evaluation. Take an inventory. Educational, vocational experiences. What did you learn last year? That you can put into, into, into process this year. How about uh, uh, spiritual experiences? Salvation. Church membership. Church faithfulness. Youth department. Whatever it might be. What kind of experiences did you have last year that you can point toward this next year to make you a better person for God? And then there's those painful experiences. I went through some of those with you. A death in the family. I buried my mom this year. Now, that was not painful. That was a joy to see her released from uh, Alzheimer's and uh, released from uh, the pain and released from the bed. It was a joy to see my mama graduate and go into heaven and meet my dad there. It's been there a while. What kind of experience do you have? The painful experiences. Some of you are still going through painful experiences. Maybe a domestic breakup. Kids now have to visit mom and dad in different addresses. Kids have to come into a relationship with somebody that's really not their mom, but married to their dad. Experiences, health experiences, marriage experiences. Oh, you say, preacher, I don't know what I could do by taking uh, taking uh, uh, inventory. Let me ask you three questions, would you? Number one, what have you learned last year? So I didn't learn anything. I don't believe I'd be telling that. I really don't believe I'd be flashing an IQ card that was blank. 365 days, you didn't learn anything. All the people you met, all the acquaintances you had, all the job uh, job experience, you did not learn anything. Some folks just seem like they're intent. On doing the same thing over and over again. What did you learn? 
Then I need to take a look and see what do I have to work with? What is my assets? You know, what do I have that'll help me start afresh and anew? Don't you think I'd be good? Because I know some men, some women's lower than a snake's belly, man. They just don't think anything. They don't think to have anything to start with. But I, I, let me just remind you of a few things that you might have that you don't know. You have the Lord Jesus. Amen. And he's never lost a battle. He's never lost a war. He's the water walker. He's the, he's the bread multiplier. Uh, he's, the, he's the one hanging on the cross for your sins. But bless God, he's not the one in the graveyard. He arose from the dead. You say, preacher, I don't have anything on my side. You've got the Lord Jesus on your side. Secondly, you got the Holy Spirit within you. And He can do anything. You have the Holy Spirit within you. You have the Lord Jesus as a daily companion. You have Christian friends who wants the best for you. You have a pastor that's on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that is wiser than a rock. And so, you have learned something, and what you have learned, bless your heart, you need to take the assets you have, your friends, uh, your church, uh, the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to take those, get off your off your pity party and start doing something new for the Lord Jesus Christ. What have I learned? What are my assets? And who can help me? You know, uh, all of us need somebody. And that you say, well, I'm a loner. That's not the only adjective I would use to describe you. Nobody can make it in this world by themselves. God didn't mean it that way. And God does not mean for you to try that. That's why we have a church. That's why God created the family. I need my family. I'm glad they're home. They've been over at my house now for two or three days. I was glad when I saw the taillights go out the driveway. My wife last night collapsed on the couch and said, I'm tired. I said, I'm tired from watching you. She has cooked and cleaned, cleaned and cooked, cooked and cleaned. Thank God for families who live somewhere else. I need family. God knows you need family. The church is our spiritual family. And the reason you are where you are spiritually is because of your neglect or your faithfulness to the spiritual family. To think that you do not need family is to call God a liar and to say God knows not what he's doing. And for you to say, I don't need church. 
is to say that God made a mistake. Who can help me? Two. S-T. S, stop making excuses. T, take inventory of your life. A, act in faith. The Bible says, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. For anything to be new, we've got to step out into new territory that we are not familiar with. That is faith. Faith is stepping out, active faith. Faith, not in the situation, but in the God of the situation. The Hebrew children said, we will not bow. We will not burn. We believe that our God is able to deliver us. And if he should not, we still will not bow. That's active faith. Doing the same old thing the same old way is going to produce the same old results. And if that's what you're happy with, have a ball. But for a new start, for a fresh start, we're going to have to stop making excuses. Take an inventory of what we have to serve God with and we need to act In faith. Jesus said, be it unto you according to your faith. Wow. For by grace are you saved. You know that next? Through faith. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Therefore being justified by what? Faith. We have peace with God. Amen. For without faith. Faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Well, preacher, I'll tell you, we're in stewardship month this month and I I don't have a job and, and I don't have any income. I can't give anything. Say what? Since when did you have to have something to give something to God? Well, I don't understand that. That's because you're living by sight and not by faith. S, stop making excuses. You want to stop making excuses? It's not your wife's fault. It's not the kid's fault. It's that stinking dog's fault. (laughs) Or it's that cat's fault. No, it's your fault to have a cat and a dog in the house. You say, you're talking about my baby. No, I'm talking about your dog. (laughs) If you had that, that's a second miracle. Not baby. Stop making excuses. Take an inventory of what you got and use it. By faith, for the glory of God. See, I forgot how you spell start. S-T-A. Thank you. Refocus.
refocus. Proverbs 4 and 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. For me to start afresh and anew, I've got to refocus my thoughts, my thinking. Listen now. Thinking, okay? Thinking will automatically involve our feeling. Thinking affects our feeling. Has anybody ever experienced that? Well, she don't love me. That white powder she put on my donut is rat poison, and I just know that. Did you eat the donut? <laughs> stinking thinking leads to stinking doing. Thinking always affects our feeling. Feeling always affects our doing. Amen? So, I, I got to quit making excuses. Take an inventory. Act in faith. And would it be all right if we would just refocus by transforming and renewing our mind? Renewing our mind by meditating upon the Word of God. The word never gets you in trouble. The word always keeps you out of trouble. The word will warn us of the problems of life. The word will always speak to us of the assets that we have to serve God with. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. I said amen. amen. And lastly, let me give it to you. It's 1159. I'm going to be done by 12 or 1230. <laughs> Trust and obey. S T A R T. Stop. Making excuses. Take an inventory of your experiences, of your education, of your failures, of your successes. Take an inventory. Act in faith. Step out in faith. Refocus on the things of God instead of this stinking world. Refocus on how Jesus would act instead of how you want to act. Refocus on who He is instead of who you are. Refocus on being instead of doing. And lastly, trust and obey. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine 
own understanding. But in all thy ways acknowledge him. Know the rest of it? And he shall direct thy paths. How will he direct your paths? By the red lights and stop signs in Joshua? By your latest model of GPS put out by Garmin or Bull of the Woods? What are you using as a guide for your life? Whatever it was, for the looks of some of you's face, you need to throw it away. This is how he guides. This is how he guides. And if we are not faithfully reading his guidebook, we need to refocus. And everybody said, notice he said in verse 18, forgetting the former things and trusting the Lord to do a new thing. The solution is not trying harder, but living smarter. Not trying harder, but by living smarter. Not by might, nor by my by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. How many of you are saved today and not ashamed that would raise your hand? Let them down. What percentage of 2011 in your life was spirit directed compared to ego directed? Because if God wasn't directed, ego was. God never got you into trouble. God never brought to you failure. I'm just wondering how many would rather have a new life as to turn over a new leaf? Come on now, don't get mad at me. Cowboys don't play till tonight, and it's a must win. Like every one they've lost was a must win. (laughs) But you know what? You're a must win. And if you don't take your hands off and get God's hands on, you ain't going to make the Super Bowl. You won't even make the playoffs. And God deals in a fresh start. Huh? God deals in a fresh start. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You want a new start? Would you like a fresh run at it? Are you one of them folks that's going to sulk over 
all the mistakes last year. Well, somebody spit in my post hostage last year. So I'm going to walk around like I got ground glass in my craw. And the first time I shake anybody's hand, I'm going to blow up right in their face. That sounds to me like a real bad excuse for being happy and having abundant life. Amen. So, just quit making excuses. Just quit making excuses. Take an inventory. What didn't work, don't do it no more. What did work, give God the credit for it and go on. And just act in faith.